Welcome to the Restation Podcast, where it's all about thriving in work and play in the age of the digital nomad. Out of Las Palmas, we bring you the best tips and stories provided by our visiting remote work champions. Thanks very much for coming to Restation Remote Work Champions and uh, um, welcoming our guest of today. Welcome, Johnny. <laughs> and again, like uh, great to have you in uh, Las Palmas here. So today we're uh, talking about, as always, different ways of uh, making remote work work for you. And uh, let's start with your story. All right. So thank you for having me here. And thanks to La Palmas for being such a cool city. Um, so I guess the way I started, just to put it in a, in a nutshell, is I grew up in California and San Francisco, moved to L.A. for college and got a corporate job there. And I was happy for about two years. And then I realized, okay, I, I don't want to work in a cubicle anymore. I, I don't like this office job. And if I had to do this for the rest of my life... I guess I'll be okay <laughs> because on paper, my, my life seemed pretty good, but I knew there had to have been something else out there. And I didn't know what it was, but that got me to reading The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And I moved to Thailand to teach scuba diving for a few years. And eventually it brought me to working online, which is what I've been doing now for the last three or four years. Wow, that's impressive. So like there, there's been several points, like several geographical locations in between. I guess, like, so the U.S., then Thailand, and so now you're here. Have you lived anywhere else? Yeah, so uh, especially while scuba diving, I've lived on probably 10 different islands around the world. <laughs> so all the way from the Caribbeans to Borneo, which most people can't even name <laughs> on a map. Uh, but it, it was really fun. But then I realized, hey, I was turning 30. I was broke. Even though I had all these great experiences, I needed to be able to either make enough money to support myself or I had to live very cheaply in Thailand for the rest of my life. And even though that was fun for a few years, I knew that I wanted to have the option to be able to go to Europe or to more expensive places. So that's when I decided I need to start a real business or make a real form of income similar to what I would make back home in California and use that remotely. That's that's actually, you know, I, I really like your idea about not living cheaply because living cheaply sucks when you have to do that. I'm like, sorry to admit that people, but like, really, when you are stuck within like certain income frame, that kind of puts a lot of limit on your personal growth and uh, things like that on your opportunities, right? So I like how you use the word stuck because I 100% agree with that. I think for... A lot of people who are very unhappy at their corporate job back home, they're happy to to you know live cheaply for a few years. And I was very happy. Like I would never want to take that back. And that's why I'm really happy that I've kept a blog this whole time. I wrote a book called 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap, which was literally about living as cheap as possible in Thailand. And I'm glad I did that because for those three or four years, I was 100% happy. You know, I wanted a life with very little luxuries, but a lot of freedom when it came to time and you know, following my passions, which at the time was scuba diving and doing Muay Thai. And when as soon as I realized I'm not going to be happy doing this forever, that's when I realized I don't want to be stuck. And the person who actually really inspired me to do this 
was this old English guy that worked at the dive resort. I think his name was Dave or something. And normally when people say, you know, somebody inspired you, it was because you look up to them. But for him, it was actually the opposite, where I didn't want to be him. He was this, you know, guy in his 50s from England that was living in Thailand, but hating his life because he had no option. He was stuck and he couldn't afford to go back uh, to Europe. He couldn't afford to move around you know, somewhere else. So he was living cheaply in Thailand you know, while raising a family. And I thought, I don't want to do this, especially if I started you know, disliking scuba diving. Uh, like I can tell he was kind of burnt out from it. I wanted to have the option to go somewhere else. Hmm. So what was your, you know, initial plan? Let's say what were your first attempts and how did this work out for you? Like, you know, like, I guess everybody has a collection of failures in line with successes. So what kind of a, you know, what were the things that didn't work and what were the things that worked for you in the very beginning when you had little idea, I guess, like most of us? So my first big leap right after scuba diving was actually thinking maybe I could become a professional Muay Thai fighter. <laughs> so I tried this for two years. I lived at gyms also on, you know, on the cheap. I got sponsored by a few gyms where I can train there for free and fight under their, their gym name. And I loved it for a year or two, but then I also realized, okay, I'm not really cut out to be a pro fighter and this isn't paying me very much money. I'm going to have to try something else. But what was nice is During those, you know, four or five years, I was teaching scuba diving, I was training and fighting Muay Thai. I had a lot of good experiences that I ended up turning into the book, 12 Weeks in Thailand. And that was my first online income stream, was selling this collection of adventures and stories of living cheaply in Thailand and doing all this cool stuff. Right. So the book actually uh, became some sort of financial uh, success. Wow, that's interesting. And then did you continue, did you do any other like publishing attempts? Did you have any? Yeah, so I actually have two books. The first one is 12 Weeks in Thailand. The second one is Life Changes Quick. And I did pretty well when they both, they first launched. Uh, I was making, let's say $600 a month or so. And luckily that did not continue because if it did, chances are I probably would have been happy and content just you know living cheaply in Thailand and living off the $600 a month. But because I did all these different experiments where I took it off my own website, I, I, so I started selling the books as a PDF for $27. Uh, I think maybe even $37 when I first started. And because the, you know it was a guidebook more than an ebook, a lot of people were happy to pay for it because it can you know, my guarantee was if it doesn't save you at least this this amount during your trip to Thailand, I'll give you your money back. And nobody ever took me up on it because, you know, just little tips on like how not to get scammed by the taxi drivers in Phuket or, yeah. you know, best ways to exchange your money and, you know, how to how to find cheaper accommodation, things like that. It was very easy to save people money. So people were happy to pay $37 for it. But what happened was I decided I want to take it off my own site And instead of selling it as a PDF, I want to sell it on Amazon Kindle in hopes to get a bigger audience and maybe have it be more of a long-term game plan. And to this day, I don't really know what would have happened if I kept it on my site. Maybe it would have grown. I would have made you know even more money. But what happened right away was because Amazon forces you to lower the price under 999, 
I was selling the same amount of books every month, but instead of making $600 a month, I was making $200 a month, and there's no longer enough to live. <laughs> Interesting. So um, most part of, biggest part of your success in publishing was actually because of your marketing efforts. It was actually you were selling it directly, not benefiting from uh, the big platforms, what most people tend to do in self-publishing, but because you were actually a self-publisher yourself and uh, I don't know um, like what exactly you were doing, but I guess your funnels were pretty successful in terms of, um, in terms of marketing the book. Yeah, definitely. And what's funny is even today, I don't really use you know, crazy funnels or marketing funnels. I've always been a big fan of just creating good content and then just making it easy for someone to buy your product. So even today on my blog, johnnyft.com, there's not really any crazy marketing funnels. I think, you know, hopefully that'll change in the future as I get better at marketing where I spend more time on it. But even today, if you sign up for the mailing list, the first five emails are not, you know, this like crazy way to get you to buy a big product. It's, you know, hey, you know, uh, this is my favorite post from... <laughs> From last year or you know hey you should read this to kind of get get an understanding of what it was like um you know starting out and i think my my goal has always been if you create good content and you share it and make it easy for people to find you and then also to buy something they want to buy it they'll do it um i think if i want to get to the next level and start you know increasing my income even more that's when you know i have to really get serious about marketing funnels and um different types of marketing hacks. But if anyone is just getting started, just start with good content. You can you can always add more marketing down the road. I can't agree more on that because without good content, well, in the world where, where content is so easy to find, you can't really start your content is your product. So that's like, that's, I guess, the basics, right? So, uh, and just quickly, you know, like, what was the, um, what was the, the next step after publishing? Because I guess, you know, that's where, uh, when you went to Amazon, that's where the whole thing with <laughs> really like steady income uh, kind of a finished, well, not finished, but like you had to do something else. So what are the other things that you did or that you tried? So in total, I've now created maybe 10 different streams of passive income or online income at least. Mm -hmm. But it all started with Kindle Publishing first. My second uh, big stream was with my dropshipping stores. And then third, I created a course on Udemy. And then fourth, I created a podcast. And then fifth, you know, I actually don't even remember the order of all these. So I'm just kind of ass assigning uh, arbitrary numbers to them. But basically... Um, from Kindle publishing or publishing a book, I realized, hey, it's possible to make money online. You know, all you have to do is have a good product and then have a way where people can buy it. And when I, you know, then, you know, learned you can drop ship products, um, you know, where you don't have to buy the inventory first. You can just, you know, create a relationship with a supplier. You can create an online store either using Shopify or something else. I was like, oh, I could do that. So I did that for probably, two, you know, three or four years. And I created... Probably, I think I did over a million dollars worth of sales from that, which was pretty fun. And then I sold those stores. And then with the money I, I made from selling the stores, I started uh, investing in online real estate and other, you know, other things, even cryptocurrency nowadays. So now I have a bunch of different streams of online income, but it all started, you know, first with 
selling, being able to sell a book and then being able to sell physical products and then taking that and just kind of running with it. So would you say that uh, any start um, online is it will be a good start because it gives you enough kind of a confidence to continue? It's like you just need to try something or, you know, like what's your tip for for folks who like, you know, just uh, want to transition from uh, um, living, I don't know, like somewhere and going um, going more financial independent or like, you know, being unstuck <laughs> in, in some sense? Yeah, I would say it's very easy to scale a business once you have some kind of income. You know, if you want to 10x $100, you can make $1,000 a month. But if you want to 10x zero, it's very hard. You know, it's still zero. So my recommendation is to just have a very small goal of making $100 online. And it's it's one of those things where it may seem really hard if you have never done it before. But once you do it, you're like, oh, well, if I can do this once a month, why can't I do this once a day? You know, um, you know, and whether that's selling furniture online, you know, through, through dropshipping or selling an um, online course or selling a subscription to software or whatever it is. If you can figure out how to make $100 a month from doing it, it's very easy then to to say, okay, let me just continue doing this or do it better and then um, scale up from there. And I would recommend to everyone to start with a physical product. And the reason why I recommend this is even though there's you know often more money to be made in digital products because you can scale it you know infinitely, there's no delivery cost, there's no inventory cost, it's really hard for someone to wrap their head around selling a product that, like for example, an ebook, which I've seen ebooks sell for three hundred dollars or maybe even thousand dollars. I've also seen ebooks sell, selling for ninety nine cents, and it's really hard to wrap your head around. Well, what's the difference? You know, how do I market a three thousand dollar ebook or a ninety nine cent ebook? You know, who's going to buy it? And it's just really hard as a beginning entrepreneur to 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 even fathom this. But if I said, okay, here is a chair that sells for you know, $200 at Ikea, you know, try to sell this for $210. (laughs) If you can't do that, you probably can't sell a $3,000 ebook or you probably can't even sell a $200 ebook. So physical products are very, very easy to just comprehend. Okay. Like, you know, I see this product is worth $200. I can see shipping being worth $20 for this. So let me add a 30% margin and let me try to sell for this. If I can do it through good marketing, then I have then I have a winner and then I can scale it up. And if the skills that you'll learn from that, then you can apply it to anything else. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds, you know, easier than uh setting a target of making 100k a year, definitely. So I think that's that makes a really good uh platform or like really good idea to start and then I guess when you start researching, you find out more ways of uh, how you can make it for yourself or more interesting products, right? Okay, so um I guess it's time to round up. So thanks so much, Johnny, and uh just uh one maybe quick thing if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about what you do i also know that you run nomad summit a great event for uh digital nomads who are um around thailand i guess chiang mai so uh, just give us a few uh, links or something where we can where people can find out more about what you do and uh, things like that yeah i would love to meet all of you in person and have you learn from 
you know, the other uh, other members of the community. So just go to nomadsummit.com if you want to check that out. And if you want to follow my blog, just go to johnnyfd.com. I post my inquiry reports for the last two years. So you can see exactly how much I make from every source. And best of luck to everyone. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Restation Podcast. For more info on our community and how to kick ass as a digital nomad, go to www.restation.co. Here, you can sign up for our newsletter and get our podcast delivered directly to your inbox. If you're ever sick of the cubicle, come work from paradise at our Restation pilot location in Las Palmas.